Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today I will preach a message which is one of the keys. I have many messages on this area. The keys to prosperity. This will be two-time sermon on the same scripture because I don't think I can finish in one time. But the Lord really stirred my heart to preach this at this time of the year to encourage all of you. This sermon is something that I'm not teaching or preaching from just theological knowledge or something that I just want to inform you. But it's the truth in the Bible that I and Pastor Da has been living in it, have been walking in it for all these 20 years. And we have first-hand experiences of the promise of God that what He says in the Bible is true. There are many keys to prosperity. We need to preach the truth. This key is about building the temple or the house of God. Haggai is the prophet. In that generation, God worked in the hearts of the Jewish people or the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem, to go back to their land, and they will build the city and build the temple together. Haggai received the word from the Lord to encourage the people in that generation to build the temple. Today, the temple means the church. At that time, it's a physical temple. But today, the temple is you and me gathering together as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is ecclesia. Ecclesias are those people who are called out from darkness into the wonderful light and come together as the church. The church is not a building. The church is a group of people who love Jesus and come together as a family. The church building is necessary in one sense, but if we don't have the church building, we can still meet at home or meet on the field or somewhere. But the church is people. So when we talk about the church here or the temple, we are talking about a group of people. Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 9, I will preach expository message from this passage for two Sundays. This is what the Lord Almighty says, In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations will come. I will fill this house with glory. The house means the temple or the church, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I mean in the house of God, in the church, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. This passage talking about encouraging people to get involved in building the house of God or the church. And if we look throughout the history, we can see that those who are involved in building the church wholeheartedly, genuinely have been blessed, have been prospered by the Lord. I read an article about a man who get involved in building the kingdom of God, living for the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel. And how many people have heard about generational blessing and generational curse. If you live your life for God, you fear God, you build His kingdom, 
God will bless you to the thousand generations. But if you rebel against God and you don't obey God, what happened? God cannot bless you, and the curse will follow you to the third and fourth generations. First of all, don't think that God is a harsh and bad God. God is a good God. I want to be clear to you. God doesn't want you to be cursed at all. When we live in the world, we have the we call natural or physical law. When I jump out of the building, the natural law say I'm gonna fall to the ground. When I don't wash my body for a while, the natural law say I will smell and I'm gonna get sick. If I don't eat for a while, the natural law say I will be sick. I will not have enough nutrition. That is all natural law. The same thing in the realm of the spirit. God put the spiritual law. And if we follow the law of God, we see the outcome of that law. And if we break the spiritual law of God, we see the consequences of breaking the law as well. It's not that God is a harsh God or God is a bad God, but He needs to put the law so that we know the boundary. We know what to do and we should not do. Otherwise, people will do whatever they want and then the whole world is in chaos. God needs to put the law. And this is the law. If we obey God, Build his kingdom, live for him, fear him wholeheartedly. We will be blessed to the thousand generations. I read this article in a book and I will read to you so that it will get the whole message. Jonathan Edwards was raised in a godly home. His father was a preacher as well as his mother's father. Trace the history of the offspring of this godly man. More than 400 of them have been traced and they include 14 college presidents and 100 professors. 100 of them have been ministers of the gospel, missionaries, and theological teachers. More than 100 of them were lawyers and judges. Out of the whole number, 60 have been doctors, and many more were authors of high rank or editors of journals. In fact, almost every conspicuous American industry has had its promoters as one or more of the offspring of the Edward stock since the remote ancestor was married in the closing half of the 17th century. Jonathan Edward did not come from the rich family. He was a preacher. He was building the church, but he was faithful. And many hundred years later, his offsprings were blessed to the thousand generation. You need to make a choice for me and my house. We make a choice to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, to fear God, and to build His church. We make that decision, I and Pastor Da make that decision since we were a new believer. And we're still doing it today after 30 years of being a Christian. And God has blessed us so much in these past 30 years. Jonathan Edward was not in a high social status. But later on, God blessed his offspring. God still wants us to do the same thing today. God promised in the book of Haggai that if we live for the temple, if we live for the church, He will shake the heavens and the earth and the dry land and the nations. He said, silver is mine and gold is mine. So what He tried to say is that I will shake and the silver and gold are going to drop down. He's talking about prosperity here. The context of this passage of the scripture is about building the church, living for the kingdom, and about prosperity. He said he's going to do something. He's going to check something to bring prosperity to those who live their life fully for the kingdom of God. The temple of God or the house of God or the church is like the army or the family of God. 
since the book of Genesis, God desired to do well among His people. You remember in the book of Genesis, God came down to the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, and He fellowship with Adam and Eve. He wanted to be with them. He wanted to fellowship with them. God show up and talk to Abraham on a regular basis. God wanted to fellowship with His son Abraham. Then in the time of Moses, God told Moses to build the tabernacle, and the presence of God, the glory of the Lord, came upon the tabernacle like a fire or like the cloud. And God spoke to the Israel through the tabernacle in the inner room or the holy of holies. God wanted to lead them, guide them, and be with them in their midst. Today, God still wants to fellowship with us. And be with us. Therefore, He called all of us who are Christian the temple of the Holy Spirit. That God wants to dwell inside us, guide us, and show us what to do and protect us. As we come together as a community of believers, we call the church. And God still wants to be in the local church. God wants to show up in the local church, and He wants to fellowship with us. It's God' desire all this time to see the community of believers. He wants to gather his people. He wants to save people in the world who don't know Jesus. Come into salvation, filled with the Holy Spirit. Come into the church and grow up together to be disciple and train the next generation and the next generation and the next generation, and that is the church. And God said that if you build the church, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the dry land and the nations, and the silver and the gold gonna come to your hand. The Bible emphasizes. The importance of the church in the heart of God. I am a neurosurgeon. Sometimes I have to put the stethoscope to listen to the heart of people because I want to make sure that the heart is strong enough to undergo the operation. Brain operation is a big operation. So I believe that if I put the stethoscope and put on the heart of God, I will hear the sound of His heart, not poop 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 poop, but I will hear the word, "My people, build my church. I love them." Gather them, bless them, help them. I'm gonna hear that sound from his heart, and that is in the Bible in Ephesians chapter three, verses nine to eleven. The Bible say, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, now, his intent. The Bible did not say his dream. His desire, his hope. He did not say that. It say his intent. Mean he gonna do it. This is what he gonna do. It is was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said that he want to demonstrate his wisdom and glory and love and power through this lost world, not through the hospital, not through the school, but through the local church. People will know God when they see people in the local church love one another and demonstrate the power of God. So the main instrument that God is using to win the world for Christ is the local church. That's why all these 30 years, I and Pastor Da have poured out our life into building the local church, and we'll never stop until we die. We value the local church so much. We spend all the energy and money and time to build the local church. We love the local church 
because that is the heart of God. That is the eternal purpose of God. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I may build my church. Is that right? I perhaps think about building my church. No. He say, I will in English language. When somebody say, I will, can you imagine if I come to Pasadena and say, Da, I'm thinking maybe, perhaps I may marry you. I may marry you. You think she's going to be happy? But if I come to her, I will marry you. Wow, that is a strong statement. That is going to happen for sure. Jesus say, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not overcome it. He make a strong statement, I will build my church. And he's going to build it and nothing can stop it. Hell cannot stop it. Demon cannot stop it. Satan cannot stop it. How many people like to be on the winning side? I like to be on the winning side. I don't want to be on the losing side. I used to play soccer, so I like to win the game. I don't want to lose in the game. If you want to be on the winning side, you need to be on Jesus' side. Because he said, I will do it and nothing can overcome. I will win. Amen? That is the heart of Jesus. And if you want the favor from God, God give favor to certain people. If you want the special blessing from God, what you need to do? You need to make him happy. About three or four years ago, I just give this illustration for you to understand. One day, my wife came back home and she said that, Mom, Mom is my nickname. Mom means chubby. I'm very chubby. Jam Mom is the Thai word means chubby because when I was a baby, I was very chubby. Mom, I found a house and I like it, but it's quite expensive. I said, take me there and take a look. Within a couple months, we live in that house. You know why? Because happy wife, happy life. Happy life. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor Da went to a car lot and she wanted to change a car. And we look at the car and eventually she pointed to one car. That car, we drove it out. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Christmas, she went to shopping mall. She liked something. Christmas, she opened that gift. It's on her body. Happy wife, happy life. Happy Jesus, happy life too. If you make Jesus happy, you will get a lot of favor from him. That's why Pastor Da worked so hard to help me in everything. Because she know that her husband loves her. If Jesus knows that you love him, he will do special things for you. Whatever you pray, he'll answer. You ask, he do it. Because he see that this son or daughter of mine is doing something that I want to do. You are fulfilling the will of Jesus. And his will is to build the local church. Amen? That's why it's so important to know this scripture. If you are a Christian who never been taught about this, I'm going to teach you today, right now. That it's important not just to go to church two times a year. Christmas and Easter. And come to church and look for benefit and say, who can give me money? Who can bless me? Who can do this for me? Oh, do they have a nice youth program that my youth will be happy? No, my dear brother and sister, your youth going to grow or not is not about they have the youth program. It's about you grow first. It's about you be a man of God and a woman of God first. Because you spend time with them more than the church. 
So the key is that you make a decision. I'm gonna be a man of God. I'm gonna take serious about growing. I'm gonna take serious about building the church because your children are gonna learn from you that you are sloppy and you are just questella, questella. Church, bless me, bless me. Or you're gonna be the builder, pull up your sleeve and build and get involved and give. And do something for God. If you do that, your children will learn from you, and they look at you, they watch you, and they say, "I like to be like my dad. He lived his life for Jesus." It's not about youth program. It's not about children program. It's about you build the church. You pull up your sleeve and do the right thing, and they watch you more than the Sunday school teacher. Amen. That's why I and Pastor Dad decided many years ago after we become a Christian, we're gonna set example to our kids. Every Sunday we show up in the church, we wake them up, get dressed, go to church. We're gonna build the church. We open our home, we spend our money, we spend our time and energy, our talent and ability and gift and everything to build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not because we want to position in the church or because we want any salary from the church. We are here because our heart is to build the church. Not just because we have a job to pastor, to preach on Sunday. The heart is to love the local church. And God said that if you do that in verse 7 and 8, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declare the Lord Almighty. God said that he's going to do some shaking. God going to give prosperity to those who build the church specifically. Look at verse 6 again. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while. Everyone say, in a little while. I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. The Bible says, in a little while. What does it mean? It means that you don't wait until you graduate first, get married first, have three kids first, have a nice home first. And have a good pension plan first. And then you start to think about building the church at 70 years old. The Bible says that if you build the church now, if you get involved building the house of God now, even though you're still students, you're still young, you have no job yet, you have no salary, you have no graduation yet, you don't even get married yet, no boyfriend yet, no marriage yet, you start to build a church now. In a little while, afterward, I will check something for you. Some people give excuses. Oh, fast pastor, you know I love Jesus. I go to your church, but let me graduate first, then I will get involved. Oh, pastor, let me have a nice job and a nice home first, then I will help you to build the church. Oh, pastor, let me have enough income, money in the pension 401k first, then I will build the church. And you keep postponing, procrastinating, wait and wait, and after a while you wake up, oh, I have to leave now, I go to heaven. You have no time to build the church because you keep procrastinating and you keep telling God all the excuses that I don't need to build the church. I need to take care of myself first. This is a spiritual law in the Bible. I'm going to read to you. If you take care of yourself first and let the house of God ruin and get into trouble, what can happen to you? This is a spiritual law, not my law, God's law. In Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 to 6. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. I mean, you've never been fulfilled and satisfied. You have money, but you are not happy. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So you have unnecessary and unexpected expenses. The car breakdown, the roof leak, something break. You have to spend a lot of money that you earn to repair those things. Verses 9 to 11. 
you expected much. You work so hard. You do your business. But see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Why you're not happy? Why you eat and not happy? Why so many unexpected expenses? Why declare the Lord's Almighty? Because of my house, which remains a ruin. Why each of you is busy with his own house? Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth its crops. I call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, and on the grain and the new wine, the oil and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. God say that even though we are saved, we are Christians, but if we live a selfish life, we just think about my business, my house, my TV, my carpet, my car, me, 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 me. The Lord said that I'm sorry, you break the law, spiritual law, and the blessing cannot come because you shut the heaven. I cannot bless you that much. I mean, you may be blessed more than the non-believers, but the blessing is not that great because you should spend all of your energy and time to build your own business. You don't even care about the church going to have a c h u r or not. The church going to have somebody take care of the kids or not. The church going to have TV that people can watch outside the room or not. You just think about my TV, my car, my gasoline, me, 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 me. And the Lord said, "That's why you are not prosperous. That's why you have unnecessary expenses because you break the law of heaven. God doesn't want you to live that way. God wants you to be blessed. Amen. God wants you to be prosperous. But the key is to wake up and say, 'I'm going to pull up my sleeve, Pastor. What can I do to help the church? What can I get involved here? Use me. Help me to get involved in the local church.'" Before I continue to read the scripture and explain to you, let me give you my personal testimony first. When I got saved, only one year, I moved to a small town in east side of Thailand. When I went there, right away, I and Pastor Da joined the Baptist church, and we told the missionary from Kentucky. I and my wife want to build this church with you. We're gonna do everything to build the church. Eventually, in a year, they appoint us to be a pastor. But we get involved. We do everything to build that small, little Baptist church. We fully involved in that church, growing, learning. And at that time, in that city, they had about 70 doctors in a small town with about 10,000 people. 70 doctors a lot for that small town. I was a new doctor. All the doctors in that town say that you will never make it in this town because we all have the territory that all the patients are ours. You will never get any patient in your clinic. The Thai government give us only $200 a month as a salary, so I have to have clinic in the evening to earn some special income. God is good because we build the church. In only a few months, a lady came into my office, medical office or clinic. She was paralyzed from the waist down, could not walk. She went to see all the Hmong doctor, the neurosurgeon, neurologists all over Thailand, and they all say that you're gonna be paralyzed forever. You have no way to walk again. When I saw her, the Lord spoke to me: take her to the hospital now and do a special X-ray. And I found a small tumor up here where everyone else missed. No one saw that tumor. The whole country of Thailand. Next day, I took that tumor out. In one month, she ran in the marketplace. She ran around. Her paralysis is gone. And this lady is selling something in the market, so everyone know her. Within one month, my clinic was packed because they say this is a miraculous neurosurgeon. I earn a lot of money. I become richer very fast. Because that one case in that small town, that God moved and changed something for me to build the church. 
Then God sent me to America. The University of Washington sent the letter to me. There's no way you're gonna come here to train because we take only American doctors, and you're just a foreigner. Actually, I heard that my letter of application was thrown into the garbage can in front of her, the secretary of the Department of Neurosurgery at University of Washington. I pray to God, God, I need to come to Seattle to be trained. I knelt down and said, If I come, I promise you, I will continue to build your church. I continue to serve you. I'm not gonna backslide. What happened after I knelt? Down and pray. I went to the University of Washington with broken English. I could not speak English well at that time. I have no paper, even one piece of paper, to show that I'm a doctor, a neurosurgeon from Thailand. I walk into the office of the chairman. My brother-in-law spoke for me because I couldn't speak English. He spoke for me. This Thai doctor want to be trained here. Blah 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 blah. I just smile. <laughs> the next day, they interview me. I have no letter of recommendation, no paper, nothing. They interview me the next day, and in two weeks they accepted me without letter of recommendation, without any paper to show that I'm a neurosurgeon from Thailand. Yes, I have to send back later on to show them that I'm a doctor. I have to go back home and send back. They already accepted me before they see the paper. So I got the position at University of Washington, but without pay because they ran out of the budget at that time. That's okay. I saved enough money from Thailand to come here and live in the basement of somebody's home because I have no money to stay in an apartment. I came without salary, and I still go to church, build a church, get involved in building the church. I pray to God, God, I need salary. I cannot go on like this. I have one wife, and thank God, one wife. I have one wife <laughs> and one daughter, not two wife. One wife. I have a wife and have a daughter. I need some income. I pray. I was involved in building the church. Six months later, a neurosurgeon in Seattle went out to ski, and he died. In the ski accident, and my boss wanted to take the children hospital into his territory. He sent the neurosurgeon to children. At that time, the neurosurgeon at Veteran Hospital opened up. He sent me there and salary. I got salary within six months after I came. Initially, the contract says zero salary. Six months later, I got the salary and I worked hard. Six months later, I was promoted to number one in the whole residency, and I'm still building the church. I started the church in 1988, even though I have to be on call every single day, only one day off a month, and still build the church. Very difficult for me, but I promise God that I will build your church. I will do it. After two years, I have to pass the board exam to have a license to practice in America. I did not have the license at that time. Can you imagine working as a resident on call every day, building the church, no time to study? Don't do this, other student. <laughs> I did not study, and the test was all about gynecology, obstetrician, pediatric psychology, and psychiatrists. I don't remember because I have been a neurosurgeon for many years. I have no idea about all those answers, chemistry, biochemistry, blah 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 blah. To pass three days exam, I sat there, circle. Without knowing the answer, I just check, 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 check. <laughs> It came out 85 percent. I pass and get the license. Don't follow me. This is a special case because I built a church. God give me favor. Praise the Lord. One time, my boss called me in and say, "Varun, it's the law of this department that you need to go to England for one year to study." 
every resident have to go to England. And if you go to England, can you imagine? Whew, free airplane ticket. I and my wife would stay in England for one year, travel the whole Europe, and not only that, free place to live in America. Resident work from 6 a.m. to midnight. In England, the neurosurgery resident work from 8 to 4, and then you off. No more. You go home. So you can travel on the weekend. You can enjoy Europe. When he told me that, my flesh like, whoo, good to go to Europe for free. Mid salary, free airplane ticket, free place to live and have fun. But I turn around and say, Professor, I could not go because I'm a pastor of a local church. Can I pass by and give this up? He looked at my face and say, hmm, you're going to break the law of this department? Then he sent me out. A few days later, he called me back and say, okay. We give you exception. You don't need to go because you have to build your church. I gave up that chance of enjoying going to Europe for one year for the church. Another story. Before this professor and chairman came into University of Washington, there was another chairman. This chairman never accepted any foreigner at all. Two years before I showed up, God took him away. And God put this man in. He became a new chairman, and this new one had mercy on foreigners like me. So when I walked in that day, he had a special grace for me to accept me. By the way, I was one of the most favorite residents of his department. God moved the old chairman away because he knew that if Pastor Lao show up here and the old chairman still there, I would never get a job. So he moved the man, put another man in, to prepare for the New Hope International Church to be birthed. The pastor Lao can have a job here. My boss never let any neurosurgery resident, even one resident to stay in town. He forced everyone to leave town, to go to other states. Just only a few go and then come back. He called them back to help him. So for me to stay in town, it's tough. After graduation, I start to get a little bit worried that how I'm going to handle this. God is so good. I did not do anything. I didn't even look for a job. One night I was eating dinner. Somebody called me at home. Dr. Lau, I heard about you. Can you come and work with us in Bellevue and Kirkland? Like, hmm, this is a good job, Bellevue and Kirkland. I say, yes, but I don't think I can ask my boss. You need to talk to him for me. That neurosurgeon called my boss up, and they are good friends. And my boss said, okay. Dr. Lau has done so many things for me. The reason that my boss allowed me to stay, two things happened. Number one, one time my boss got sued in the court, and I was a main witness. And because of my witness, he got out and he won the case, number one. Two, normally people have to work at Harborview Hospital for only six months and then move on and another resident come in. Because Harborview Hospital work is very hard, very like no sleep. All day, all night. So no one can handle for more than six months. Six months, I was there. I moved to University of Washington. We rotate around. So we rotate to University of Washington. He put another man in to be chief resident at Harborview Hospital. And one month later, my boss called me back and said, Mom, could you come back? When I heard that, I almost collapsed. Because come back means summer. Summer is the worst time at Harborview. And I just said, okay, boss. He said, if you do this for me, you can ask anything for me. He did not like that chief resident. He screwed up a lot. He wanted me back to take care of everything again. So I went back there another three months. Oh, very tough. No sleep for three months. And my boss owed me. He let me stay. 
and get a job in Bellevue and Kirkland. Let's give the hand to God. What I try to say is that God can check the heavens and the earth. God can check the natural sources. God can do something to move you to the position of prosperity, so that you can build His church. The Bible says in Psalm 147, verse 8, He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain, and makes grass grow on the hills. God can bless your land. God can make your crop grow up. God can move something to make good thing happen to you. He check to bring gold and silver to you. Isaiah 45 verse 7, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. God is a supernatural God. He can move the natural. He can bring rain. He can stop the rain. He can bless your land. He can bless your business. He can do a lot of things so that money will come into your hand, not for yourself to be covetous or to be selfish, but you can have money to build the church. If you want to build the church, you need money. You need energy. You need time. You need good health. What can happen? He's going to make you good health, strong. Money come in. Prosper you mentally, spiritually, physically, financially, so that you can build the church. Amen? I never expect to get old soon and die soon. I never expect to be poor. You know why? Because I believe with all my heart because I, my wife built a church. God still needs me. I'm not going to die soon. I'm going to be healthy and strong to the old age. If I keep building the church with the right attitude, He still needs me. This is the key. Why do I have to preach this? Because this is the principle of how to walk in the Christian life. In the Christian life, you hear. Everyone say hear. hear. And then believe. believe. And then do it. Speak it and receive it. This is the way to walk Christian life. You hear, you believe in what you hear, you do obey what you learn, and you speak it and you receive it. So I heard this message 20 years ago. I do it, I believe it, I speak it, and I receive it all these years. I need to speak to you so you can hear, you can believe, you can do it, speak it, and receive it. God does not only move the natural resources, but He moves people. I will check our nations, and the desire of our nations will come. I'm going to stop here and continue next time. So the nations are people, either believers or unbelievers. God will check the nations. God will move the technology and the industry and the economy. God can move the things around so that you can have prosperity to build the church. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The Bible says that God can move your boss heart to give you increased salary, promotion. God can change the boss in your company. The old boss that not like you will be gone and he put a new boss that like you and give you promotion. God can move the heart of people around. God can check the government, the economy. Everything's going to move to bless those who build the church. That's why God moved the old chairman from University of Washington, put a new one in to be ready for 
pastor Lao to come into Seattle and get a job. God moved the heart of my boss, even though I did not have any paperwork to show that I'm a neurosurgeon from Thailand to accept me to get into the job. The neurosurgeon had to move from one hospital to another hospital so that I can get the job and get the salary. Oh, one more story. When I signed the contract of the second year of the residency, first year gone by, I got salary for six months. The second year, the contract come out zero salary again. And my boss say, "I'm sorry, the budget is for local American doctor. Even though you have green card, but you are not American graduate." When I saw that number, I almost collapsed again. Zero salary, one more year. We pray. We still build a church. You know what happened? It's a miracle. Only five days before the new contract start in July of that year, the contract start from July end of June. One of my junior resident ran to me and say, "Mom, I got a good news. You not only get new salary." The full salary, but you also will be promoted to be the chief resident, highest resident in the whole system in July. I said, "Why? What, what happened? I thought I just R two resident year two because I was an intern." He said, "What happened is that my boss sent a resident to Japan to do research, and when this resident called him, they quarrel on the phone. The chief resident who gonna come next year." Thought that my boss need to depend on him so much, need to depend a high level of resident to work for him next year. After they quarrel, this chief resident say, "I quit." He thought that my boss gonna say, oh, "Okay, so come, come, come. I, I yield to your proposal." My boss say, "You quit, go." <laughs> Because behind the scene, I have Dr. Lauha Prasit. <laughs> so when that guy quit, I got his position. And I got his salary. <laughs> Hallelujah! God is so real. He provides for you. He shakes the nations. He shakes people. He moves things so that money will come to you to build the church. Amen. Let's continue next time. I want to encourage all of you to get involved in building the church. 100. Don't be just Pew warmer. Don't be consumer in the church. Get involved. Do something. Open your home. Pick up somebody. Greet somebody. Open your home for dinner. Do anything to build the church. You don't need to be like me. You just do whatever God called you to do. Get involved. Amen. Next time you can continue this passage about building the church. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching to show you people that. Your word is real; it's truth, and you never lie. Lord, thank you for the word of encouragement from the prophet Haggai that we need to follow the spiritual law. If we don't live for ourselves, we build your church, and you will shake the nations, the heavens, and the earth. The gold is yours, the silver is yours, and Lord, you will shake those things to pour out the prosperity and finances and grace upon us that we can build your church. We thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Any one of you here is not a believer yet; is not a Christian, and you say that I want to be a Christian. I want to follow God. You know, God is real. Believe me. Otherwise, I'm not going to stand here. I'd rather go to the hospital, make money, to cut on somebody's head right now. Why I'm standing here? Because. God is so real to me. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus and repent of your sin and say, "God, I want to follow you from today on." If you like to do that, I like to lead you to prayer to receive Jesus into your heart. Anyone want to be a Christian? Raise your hand up and say, "God, 
I want to be a Christian. Raise your hand up. If you want to pray with me, could you stand? Those who raise hand, stand up. I will pray with you right now. Stand up. Don't be shy. Stand up. If you want Jesus to come into your life, stand up. Stand up. Anyone else that want Jesus to be in your life? Don't hesitate. It's good to know God. It's wonderful to know God. It's wonderful. Stand up. Anyone else? Don't hesitate. Don't wait until tomorrow. Today is the day of your salvation. Stand up. Hallelujah. Those who stand up, follow my prayer. I will lead you one sentence at a time. Father in heaven, you created me. You love me. I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I make mistake. Ask you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Oh Lord, thank you for sending Jesus two thousand years ago to die on the cross to pay the wages of my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. I want to follow you. You become my God. From now on, I will walk with you. I will go to church, build a church, read the Bible, fellowship with other Christians, and I believe, Lord, you shall guide me, teach me. Protect me, prosper me, provide for me. You will raise me up higher and higher, because I become a child of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. From today on, I am a child of God through Christ Jesus. In Your name, Jesus. I pray, Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Congratulations. Be sure that you read the Bible. You go to church every Sunday. Grow and serve the Lord. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your